Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with us here today. We appreciate having you here. I appreciate Mark Pug for the little snippet of that song that um, is part of our intro. Um, you know, that's Money Can't Buy from his album, Through the Fire. Um, you know, it's available all kinds of places. But, you know, if you just go to our website and click on the link, it'll take you right to it. You can get your copy of it in digital or CD form or whatever form you want to get your music in these days. Uh, that, that song is totally worth it. The whole album is just awesome. Um, and Mark's a good friend and I appreciate him letting us use it. I appreciate you for being here today and for being all of who you are. I want to spend this entire show today talking about words. Words are so powerful. Um, you know, remember the old saying, and yes, this is going to be one of those that I learned in Sunday school, but, you know, is be careful little hands what you do, be careful little feet what you go. Um, but the one I want to focus on today is be careful little mouth what you say. Our words are so powerful. In fact, I just was going through some power quotes about the power of words, and I just had to share some of them with you. Here's a quote by Betty Eady. She says, if we understood the power of our thoughts, we would guard them more closely. If we understood the awesome power of our words, we would prefer silence to almost anything negative. In our thoughts and words, we create our own weaknesses and our own strengths. Our limitations and joy begin in our hearts. We can always replace negative with positive. Think about that for a minute. You know, Tony Robbins says that your, your mind cannot distinguish between what you vividly imagine and what actually happens. Um, you know, we talked about the book Affirmations and the fact that if you ask a question of yourself, why am I, your mind, because it's a machine, you know, because it's a muscle, because it has automatic responses, as soon as it hears that, it automatically goes to look for the, the answer. And then so if that why am I is followed by something negative, that triggers your mind into motion to begin to start thinking and finding a negative reason for why that negative is true. Um, it just can't leave that unsolved equation out there. That's how our minds work. Um, you know, we've heard so much. Um, you remember the age-old saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me? All of us remember that phrase from when we were kids, and yet all of us also know and remember some words that have been said to us 
that stick with us long, long beyond when a broken bone has mended. I remember when I was about, oh, I don't know, five or six years old, I fell off of a set of monkey bars. You know, just playing like a kid, swinging on the monkey bars, fell down, broke my wrist. Um, I actually broke that same left wrist. I broke it like four times between, you know, like five or six and, and 18. I broke it the last, well, 16 and a half because I broke it the last time my sophomore year of, of high school. Um, and, uh, you know, it was all just dumb things. You know, I was roller skating in the uh, basement of our house and fell down. And um, I broke it the last time actually playing basketball in gym class. Um, and yet, even though I can remember mentally the times when those bones were broken, I don't really have, you know, like... There's not an ache in my hand. Now, I know people, and I'm getting older, so those of you that are older than me, um, you know, feel free at this point to say, well, just wait, you know, a couple of years. Um, you know, but it's not something that's there. And yet, there are words. I know it's true in my own life. I'm sure it's truer in yours. There are things that people have said to us, both positive and negative, that have had a massive effect on everything since then, you know? Um, we talk about the Star Wars effect in film and the fact that, you know, really the movie industry kind of tends to break itself up as movies before Star Wars and movies after. You know, it had a dramatic impact on um, the whole concept of how movies were made and especially especially special effects. Um, you know, and in our own lives, there is those moments, positive and negative, where words were said that have altered the course, that, that our lives are different from before that word was said and after that word was said. Sometimes those words are very hurtful. They're things that, um, you know, we don't know if, you know, we really can get by them or not. And other times, um, you know, other times not so much. Words are also very powerful in a positive way. You know, think about that teacher in school that complimented you, told you you could do it. You know, Oprah talks about her second grade teacher and about how the very first time she ever had anybody encourage her was that teacher. And she literally would say that she would be unable to be the person that she is now if it wasn't for that teacher. And I know a lot of us have circumstances with different people like that throughout the course of our life where there's that moment. You know, you could stop right now and if I and if you closed your eyes, you could remember back and 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 be as though you're there in that place again, hearing that person say something to you. You know, maybe it was maybe it was even a, a parent or a relative or somebody that gave you a compliment. You know, maybe you had one of those parents that um, was rare with their compliments. My my parents were so positive and encouraging that I don't have that as my experience. But I know some of you that it's like I remember the one time my father told me he was proud of me. You know, I mean, like I said, I have no frame of reference for that, but I know because I've had enough conversations with people that that word really just changed them. 
I mean, here's a great quote by Joel Osteen. He says, be careful what you say. You can say something hurtful in 10 seconds, but 10 years later, the wounds are still there. Right? Isn't that exactly what we were just talking about? It's so, so true. Mother Teresa says, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Why am I making such a big deal out of words today? Because we're going to talk about the power of words, specifically as it comes to our business. We're going to talk about the words that you're putting out into the world and how you can powerfully show up in written form, in your book, in the copy that you use on your page, in your sales pitch, all of those kind of things. Because as the quote goes, this is by an unknown person, one kind word can change someone's day. Think about that for a minute. Think about the times when somebody said something nice to you. Think about the times you've gone through the grocery store or other check out type of thing and the person's been kind of grumpy maybe something just as simple as saying hey you know I really appreciate the time you're spending here today all of us know what it's like to have bad days but sometimes just that one good word and you know and, and it doesn't have to be with the grumpy cashier either I mean obviously that can have an impact but I wonder how many times have you said to somebody in a casual, you'll probably never see them again situation like that, and you're saying something as simple as, thank you, I really appreciate that. How dramatic of an impact that's had. Think about that one for a minute. Raise your words, not your voice. It's the rain that glows flowers, not the thunder. Isn't that a great quote by Rumi? Words are free. It's how you use them that may cost you by Kushan Wisdom. There are just some powerful things that we all know. But often... We don't think about them. We just put our words out there. I'm trying very carefully as I'm speaking to you today to specifically say things that are going to resonate with you. To very intentionally and meticulously pick the words that I'm putting out here to you, for you, even maybe at you a little bit to help you be able to feel the power behind those words. Some of you, you know, have heard Lisa Nichols speak and, you know, you've probably heard both Kathy or I talk about Lisa a lot. You know, she's obviously an integral part of our lives. You know, heck, our, our youngest daughter is marrying his, her son. So, um, you know, we are family, literally. Um, but long before Maya and Jelani were ever a couple, um, I heard Lisa speak. And you got to remember that Lisa has an incident in her past where a teacher told her, whatever you do, don't ever speak in public ever again. You should get a, you should sit behind a desk 
or something like that where you don't have to speak to people and definitely never, ever give another speech. Lisa Nichols. I mean, she's been on the Oprah show twice now. Larry King, Steve Harvey, you name it. She's been there. Lisa has the ability to take words and say, if you were just to, you know, like read the transcript you'd be and read it totally unemotionally, you'd be like, wow, I, I don't see what the point is of these words. But when she delivers them and the heart she puts behind them, it makes an impact. I've often teased that, you know, Lisa could read you her grocery list and you would be inspired. You would find yourself finding a way to go out and buy some avocados or whatever she might have on her grocery list that day. That's a powerful wordsmith using their words in a way. Think about the music that you love. Think about the words behind them. Now, there's two types of people. There, there's a couple of different types of people. Um, you know, the one main group of people is people who are very lyric intense. They catch every lyric. Maya and I are both that way. We, we hear every minute lyric of every song. There are other people that are very music uh, attuned, but the lyrics don't really get to them. Kathy is totally that kind of person. Um, we'll be riding in the car and a song will come on and I'll be like, did you hear what they just said? She's like, no, not really. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny, you know. Um, but the words that go out in your favorite song. Think about that song that you can turn on in the, in the morning or even in the middle of the day. And it'll just get you pumped up, just ready to go. You're just on fire, ready to hit it on all cylinders because that song just gets you going. Um, in whatever kind of way, you know, get you inspired business-wise, makes you feel passionate and in love with your wife, makes you feel invincible, makes you perform better in an athletic arena, all of those kind of things. That's the kind of power that our words have. And so today, we want to learn how to effectively and impactfully use words as business people to really be able to make the difference that we're meant to make in this world. And yes, we definitely absolutely want to use those words as part of our book, but we also want to use those in every interaction that we have, whether that be speaking, our blog, Facebook posts, even when we do a 140 character tweet, we want that to be an extremely powerful set of words that drives somebody to action because we know that when we help people get in action, we help them thrive. And there's no better way to live as a thriving entrepreneur than to pass it on to somebody else and help them thrive too. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. 
It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. Today, we're going to talk about and share with you the power of words, how you can really reach and impact the people you're meant to impact. There's nothing better than writing content that really sparks somebody to action. And there's nothing worse than really, really wanting something somebody has and them not giving you a way to take action. We want to deal with both of those today, and I'm really excited to announce my really special guest. Join me in welcoming Lucas Rusecki. Hi, Lucas. How are you doing today? Pretty good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing good. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? Uh, it was close. It's Rusecki. Rusecki. It's okay. got an extra S at the end, yeah. Okay. I apologize. I'm... Sometimes I do great with names and other times not so much. <laughs> You're not the first and you won't be the last. It's okay. So tell us a little bit about you um, and how you bring your unique brilliance to help people in the world. So yeah, I am a professional copywriter. So I write direct response advertising mainly for entrepreneurs online, people who sell education, software, uh, physical products through online stores, things like that. And I also, over the last two and a half to three years, have been training junior copywriters. So people who want to come into the space and do what I do, freelancers, in-house writers, things like that. Um, and I mean, if we're, if we're bragging it up a little bit, I'm responsible for over $100 million in client results and profit and growth. And my students have, uh, have done some amazing things for companies like Agora and Mind Valley and, and all, and kind of running the publishing gambit. So that's where I'm at. That's awesome. So, um, you know, copywriting, there are probably people who use it all the time, but don't actually know what that means. So mm -hmm. can you explain copywriting in, in detail, simple format to people who don't know what it is that they're actually using? <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'll, I'll first start with a contrast. Uh, like you said, a lot of people don't necessarily have the same definition as copywriting or uh, of copywriting. I define copywriting as the words that you write in order to compel someone to take an action. So whether that's a sales letter or a webinar or a video or um, a piece of direct mail that you send out, something that is compelling a person to take an action, whether it's opting into your list or buying something or, you know, joining something that's copywriting. The, the contrast is that a lot of people consider content writing or, you know, narrative writing or, or that sort of thing to be copywriting. And I, I make a distinction because I think that that is content, you know, it's, it, it can be fiction, it can be nonfiction, it can be educational, but it's, it's writing versus copywriting is very focused on the, uh, marketing and the transactional side of things. So that's how I would define copywriting is just when you're writing a word to make or writing words to make people take an action. There are a lot of people out there that have a lot of content that never 
simply asks a person to make any kind of a next decision. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's one part of a massive problem in the current day and age where we're told that you just need more content. You know, a lot, there's a lot of gurus out there who will say the answer is more content, but while content is good these days for getting people's momentary attention, as long as the content is fantastic, the, the lack of any sort of link to an action or to something to do after that just means that that person is gone by the time they're done. And then if you didn't plan the content to make or help that person take the action or make that person take the action, they're going to leave anyway, because there's no context. You know, you don't read an article about 10 ways to train your dog and then ask them to go sign up for your, your, your pool club. And, you know, there's so, so a big part of it is that where there's no connection between the content and the action anymore, or a lot of people miss it. I agree. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, do you have a favorite uh, copyright that you've done or that somebody you're just like, every time you see that messaging, you, you know, you get excited about it? Um, I don't have a favorite per se, because the way I see it, it's, it's very utilitarian. Um, copywriting is there to do, do a job. It's, it's there to sell more books. You know, I mean, you, you publish people. So the, the copywriting on the page that sells the book when the person hits the page, that's, that's relevant to me. And when I see it well done, that's, that's awesome. When I see that it's converting for people, that's awesome. But I wouldn't say that I have any sort of emotional attachment to really good copy because it's more transactional. It's more, okay, did this do what it needed to do? Is it getting people into the right result for them? Is it filtering out people who couldn't benefit from it? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that go into it being really good, but yeah, I, I don't have any emotional attachment to the good stuff. I just know some people, you know, I mean, we can be driving down the road and my wife will be like, oh, I love that font. <laughs> you know, <because laughs> graphic design, she did so. And that's why I was right. Right, right. Yeah. I, well, my, my wife is a designer as well. And so we're constantly talking about, you know, why people did stuff and whether or not something looks good or bad. But in, in my mind, um, for me, it's beautiful when, when the, the right person read the words or saw the video and then took the action that you wanted them to take and got a great result from it. That's, that's the perfect situation for me. So I guess that would be my version of, of nice font. That makes sense. <laughs> So let's break it down for people. I mean, it's so simple and so difficult all at the same time. Um, but you said something really powerful in there that I want to make sure everybody hears. And that's the whole concept of the right person getting the right question asked to them, if you will, to have them take mm -hmm. an action. Can you kind of break that concept down for us a little bit? Definitely. Um, so it's a big concept and it's one of the primary things that I teach all of my students, but I'll, I'll try to like encapsulate it to where it makes sense. Um, I view copywriting in four big parts. I call them the big four when I teach it. And the first part is your target market. That's the literally a, an example of the person that you want to be talking to. If there were a perfect person sitting across from you in a comfy chair, what would that person look like and who would they be and what would they be thinking? Like that's your target market, right? And that's one part of it. 
The next part of it is that target market's uh, like primal core, we'll call it, their fears, their desires, and their needs as a, as a subconscious human. By, by understanding what that person is going through sitting across from you, you get a better picture of who they are. And that's the second part. The third part is their current awareness of what your product is, who you are, what, the pro- you know, what their problems are, what their solutions are available, that sort of thing. And then the fourth part is what your competitors are doing. So what they've seen in the past or you know, what they're being exposed to now. And all of that coalesces into communicating a message to that person at the right time based on where they're at in their life to show them that your solution or your, you know, your, your product or whatever it is, is right for them in that moment. And it's, it's time to get that if they want to solve their problem. And so all of that information comes into a very specific uh, focus. Hopefully that makes sense. Try to bring it all into one. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to even make it simpler for people, the concept is, is that trying to say something to everybody doesn't appeal to anybody. Exactly. That's a big mistake that I see a lot of people making. And, and there's a certain amount of fear in, well, if I don't talk to everyone, I won't get as many people, but it's actually counterintuitive, but true when you focus your message more on a specific type of person, not only will that specific type of person respond in greater numbers than, than usual because they feel heard, but there's people on the periphery that look sort of like that or have certain traits that will also flock in because of how specific your language is. So counterintuitively, the more specific you are, typically the more people respond to it than generalized marketing. The difference would be, hey, here's a pill to lose weight versus if you're a bride and your wedding's in three weeks and you know you have to drop one dress size to fit into the dress of your dreams, this pill is going to help you do it. And that's, it's the same product, but the language is so much more specific to the bride who has three weeks. And then maybe the fitness competitor who has three weeks until their show wants to look at that. Maybe the, uh, the gentleman who has to go on an interview on the news you know, wants to use that. So that's what I mean by specificity because it attracts that person and the periphery better than just saying, hey, we have a weight loss pill. Absolutely. My good friend, Don Crowther, um, I love what he said one time to me. He said, you know, the best thing you can do is have a message that people don't want because mm-hmm. then you don't have to deal with people that you that the message wasn't for to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that filtering mechanism. That's really powerful. I mean, I'm sure like in your line of work, you help authors, right? You, you publish people. So that, but I'm sure that for, you know, the hundreds of people you've helped, there are thousands of people who just were not right, the right fit. They, they weren't in the right place in their business. They didn't have the right mindset. Maybe they, maybe they just didn't have the, the chops to do what you needed them to do wouldn't it be easier to just filter those people out without having to go through that? I mean, that's how I kind of view of it. Yeah. And even though our, our business model is a little different than that, um, still having that specificity of who we're talking to um, mm-hmm. makes all the difference 
it's part of the reason why most of the time, you know, I'm behind the radio, you know, behind the microphone and my wife's the one in front of the video is just because that's who our target people are. And mm. um, they, they connect better to her because most of them are women and, you know, they yeah. just feel comfortable with her. And that's a fantastic insight. Like that's good that you guys have captured that because a lot of people wonder why something's not clicking and, and it could be something as simple as that. And I should tell everybody, you know, it was the last thing in the world that my wife actually ever wanted to do was <laughs> to be the face of our company, but it's, you know, it's what works best. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm glad you, I'm like, cause that in, in my mind, and it may not be something that comes into my, like, people's minds when they think about copywriting but to me that is copywriting because that's part of your messaging that's part of your business and how you communicate with your ideal prospects it's, it's just her being in front delivering a message it could be totally taken differently if it was you or if you had paid a spokesperson or something like that to me that's copywriting and that shows that you guys have the a good understanding of your target market more so than a lot of businesses ever achieve. So what have you learned so far? I would encourage you to go out online, hashtag thriving entrepreneur on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, those kind of things, and share the insights that you've already picked up about copy, about writing words that make impact, about really positioning yourself to be a person, to be a business, that is there to meet the needs of others and to do it in such a way that it really impacts them and meets them where they are. We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business. Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. I'm here with Lucas Roszewski, and we are talking about the power of words, specifically the copy, the things that you put out there in the world, and the way that you help people take action on the things you're doing. So what is the probably biggest misconception that you find yourself fighting against? You know, like you've said it so many times that you wish you could never say it again. What, what is that thing that people always think um, is right that isn't? Oh man, that's a good question. The thing that people think is right, but isn't. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. The first thing that pops up is something you already brought in, which is that you, in order to reach the most people, you have to have the most broad messaging. That's something I hear so often. 
my students have have learned that somewhere a lot of the clients i work with are they're very concerned about the specificity with which i want to write the copy so that's a big thing um i'm not sure where that thought originated from but if i could remove it that'd be great uh but i think a couple another thing that comes into mind in terms of myths and misconceptions is that uh copywriting is is manipulation in in a negative sense where you're trying to learn these tactics and and hacks to to make someone comply with what you want to do rather than what i believe copywriting is is actually just being very clear and specific about the person you're talking to and the thing that you can do for them uh I, I believe that great copywriting is far more clear and concise and specific to the problem and solution than, than it is manipulative. Uh, and, and so I think that there might, there might be a lot more people who consider learning copywriting if there wasn't a negative connotation in some people's minds to the idea of selling or the idea of, of, of manipulating a person into taking an action. So that, those would be the two things, I think. Those are both really powerful. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people that struggle with that. Well, I don't want to be a salesperson. You know, I don't want to sell anything. Um, and then yet, while they're trying to sell us on the fact that they don't want to sell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. And, and it's because of the, the, that negative connotation. You know, it's not that they don't want to sell because they obviously want to succeed. They want to make money. They, you know, they want to build a business, but they don't want to be perceived as salesy. They want they don't want to feel scummy. They don't want people to judge them. Like it's that, it's that, it's the back of that. You know, it's not that they don't want to sell, sell it's they, they don't want to be seen as that idea of a salesperson that they have in their head. And, and I think that's the problem because I mean, it, it's, it's pervasive with people who are starting in businesses who have come from other walks of life who aren't just natural salespeople. Uh, and yeah, I, 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 you probably see it all the time too, but I, I see it in a lot of students and clients both that show up with that mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how hard is copywriting? Is it, you know, is it something that's, you know, you need some really special skill to be able to do it. And, and I'm not trying to diminish it all, but you do have special skill. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, is it something that anybody can learn or is it, you know, something that you hope God gave you the talent to do, to be a copywriter? Um, I think it's a craft. So I, I truly believe that it's something where you could get proficient in the craft fairly quickly and it doesn't matter who you are because copywriting doesn't require you to have an English degree or you know, a, a strong command of, of the language. It just requires that you be able to communicate with someone clearly and, and sometimes that's that's all you really need to kind of unlock in your mind the, the, the things you should write and the things you should say to convince someone or to, you know, to communicate with them. But it is a craft because there, it's a constant increase of skill to be able to empathize with certain target markets, to find out their, their primals, uh, to, and to, to learn how you need to phrase something to communicate best with them. And that, there's always room for improvement there. So I guess it's both. Um, I, I would consider it to be a thing that you could keep getting good at over time, like any craft, you know, like a blacksmith or a carpenter. Um, but the, to be proficient in it 
I, I think it doesn't take very much time and anyone can do it. Don't get me wrong. I think a good copywriter is worth their weight in gold. So mm-hmm. um, absolutely. Um, well, let's do it. Let's give people an example of it. Um, I'm going to put sure. you on the spot here. Um, sure. Let's write copy for something. Um, All right. This is good. Yeah. Okay. So we have a new version of a product that we've had. We have a program called the nine week bestseller formula. Okay. Um, it's nine week class. First three weeks is writing, the second three weeks is publishing, and the third three weeks is marketing your book. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done that in classroom format, and we are now going to launch a fully automated version of that. So it's a totally 100% do-it-yourself drip content mm-hmm. type of a program. Sure. Um, so let's write copy for, um, you know, our target market is a female. Um, she's about 40 45 at the most. Um, she is typically um, a, uh, you know, she's now an entrepreneur. She's been about three years as an entrepreneur and came from, a, you know, a corporate type of a background um, okay. and is now starting to get some success, success with her career, but isn't quite at the level where she can afford, um, you know, six or $7,000 product. She needs something that's less than a thousand bucks to be able to help her get that book out. Cause she knows she needs to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why does she know that she needs the book? She went to a conference uh, with Lisa Nichols. Um, okay. If you know who Lisa is. And uh, at the conference through the training that happened there, she became 100% convinced that absolutely a book is one of the primary marketing tools that you need to have to grow your business. And okay, and and why hasn't she done it so far? Um, fear is the number one thing, um, and number two is is that she just didn't think she could afford it because what? she was assuming that it was going to be, you know, okay. anywhere from five to twenty five thousand dollars minimum. Okay, so the affording thing is interesting, but fear how how does she define, or or wh- what is that fear? The fear is the fear of being judged. You know, is okay. Uh, is what I'm going to say worth being said? Um, and uh, will people think less of me if I say it? Got it. Okay. And and so that fear is causing her to procrastinate on this? Yes. Okay. So so immediately you've you've covered a couple of the bases of my big four. You've told me about the target market and who she is and what she looks like. And you've covered some of the primals, the fears, the desires, and the core needs. Um, if we had longer, I'd dig deeper to verify and figure out exactly what that person looks like um, and what they're feeling. But from where you're at right now, now the question is awareness and sophistication. So of, of this type of woman, uh, who this uh, you're making this program the are you marketing this program to people who are already in your audience like on your email list and your social media yes okay so in my world that's called a level one audience they are they are you aware right um and so they most likely are aware of your success stories they're aware of what you do for clients and they kind of just need uh, to be told about something. Now, the next question is sophistication and what 
types of other programs? You said they went to at least a Nichols seminar. What types of other programs have they been exposed to that look like yours on the surface? Like, I don't care about the delivery at this point because the delivery is, is how the product is given. It's, but to, to sell it, what other programs and, and things look exactly like yours or, or tangentially like yours? And we're talking about book writing type of programs. Yep. So, yeah. So anything that delivers the outcome that your program is offering. So they went to um, a Jerry Roberts seminar Mm -hmm. um, and discovered that even though the seminar is only 200 bucks, that his book writing is 25,000. They have attended a couple of webinars put on by um, Jack Canfield. And again, just don't feel like they can afford his product. Um, And they've attended our webinar that we do that's free um, and have gotten notes for their, for their thing, but they've just, they just keep procrastinating and, or can't justify the money. Okay. So, so they, in, in my mind would be a sophisticated audience and without knowing more information, I can't pinpoint it, but I think it's, it would be what I would call a stage three uh, sophistication in, in which case that is um, that's a marketplace that has seen the majority of the offers that are in the marketplace. They're cynical and jaded at this point. They have reasons why they haven't taken action and they need a, what's called a new mechanism to uh, reignite their belief that they could potentially do this thing that they want to do. So that's stage three. So now we have all pieces of the big four and to put together um, like a headline or a, or an idea for this um, off the top of my head, like you said, I'm on the spot. Uh, I'm thinking something like the, the kid publishing uh, nine week in home writers retreat is what it's uh, to call it something like that. Or if you're framing it from a first level of awareness, you can say, uh, so they're aware of you, you can say, the um, for people who followed kid publishing and always had the dream of writing their own book but never taken the time for themselves to do it, then we have a nine-week in-home writer's retreat that is guaranteed to pump out your book and get it on. Uh, get and and here's the next question: Could you guarantee something specific like getting it to be a bestseller? Or could you guarantee some sort of specific outcome? Because that's what you would put at the end of, of this initial headline or lead complex. So yes, I mean, the classroom format, 100% of the people that have taken the class and finished it have become mm-hmm. best-selling authors. Fantastic. So, so that right there, you could say something like, this nine-week in-home writer's retreat is guaranteed to take your idea and turn it into a bestseller in nine weeks. And that alone is now communicating specifically to the you aware person that you want to speak to. It hits on their uh, primal fear of, you know, what did I say that not being able to, or that that you haven't uh, been able to do so far. The way I worded that is not putting the fault on them, but opening up the idea that they're, they still haven't done something that they want to do and then guaranteeing the result. So now what I've done is capture the attention at the awareness level they're at by using the primal desire of that particular marketplace 
while also honoring the sophistication level that they're coming at this with because they've seen a lot of offers similar to it. So I say it's from you, it's specific to their desire, and they are they're being guaranteed something, which is a new mechanism to rebelieve the old claim. And there's a lot that we can work with on that, but just to start off, that's the frame of the copy that that comes to mind immediately. And throughout the process of writing, we'd go deeper into that. We would say, okay, is this the is this a clunky way of saying it? Is there a more elegant way of saying it? Is there a way to you know immediately answer an objection that comes up from that? You know, like maybe in the lead, after you say the word guarantee in the headline, the lead is, um, or the next line they see is 100% of the people who've taken this class in the past have ended up with a bestseller by the end of the process. So now you've inserted proof into something that sounds outlandish directly underneath your attention grabbing headline. And then you just work that process and you keep having that conversation with that woman because the way I see it, if you're sitting in a chair across from this woman and you say, um, hey, Karen, I know you've been struggling to write your book and all the solutions seem like it's uh, they're, they're too expensive or they're just grabbing your money, but you know me, you've seen what we've done for clients before. And what I want to do is tell you about a retreat that we're doing. It's online, it's in home, and it's guaranteed to get you the result that you want. Is that something that you'd want to be interested in? And all of a sudden that conversation starts with that person. And all you do is take that real world conversation and put it onto paper and, and you know, do it in a more elegant way so it's readable and then move on from there. Hopefully that gives you an idea of the process. It does. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate you doing that. I know I really put you on the spot. So, <laughs> Well, it's funny because I do this twice a week with my students <laughs> where they'll write, you know, they'll write copy, they'll come in with stuff all like they'll weight loss supplements. I mean, I, I have an assignment that I send them to write for a product called the Geek Desk, which is an adjustable standing desk. And most of them have never seen it before or written anything for it. So it's, uh, I, I do this on the spot stuff frequently, but it also shows how, how much of a process it all is. You know? Like we could put out 50 different headline ideas just based on the information you gave me. And to be honest, Steve, the, the information you gave me about your target market is better than most people could give me in your situation. Uh, most people don't know their, their avatar that well. And, and so a lot of that came from your specificity rather than you know, me having to ask, okay, who is this person? How old is she? What does she care about? All that kind of stuff. Well, and that is the advantage of us having been a marketing company for more than 20 years. <laughs> yeah, you know your people. My, my friends at Intel that, that taught us uh, their, their marketing trip for creating their, their avatar would be angry with me if I didn't know my own. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Hey, that's really awesome. Um, so help a person who is like, wow, I wish I could get uh, you know, copywritten for me, help them understand how the process of working with you, what that looks like. It's, it's pretty easy. Um, you can either find me on Facebook or you can go to my website. It's um, www.myname.com. Um, so if you don't know how to spell it, it's probably in the show notes here. It's lucasroshesky.com. Just send me an email. Uh, we'll have a conversation. And, and that's pretty much it. I don't, um, 
I'm fairly selective with the clients that I work with. I want to know that the project is going to be a success based on a bunch of factors in your business, but I'm, I'm really approachable. So I'm more than willing to have those conversations with people if they want to, if they want to talk. So it's important to note that Lucas's name is spelled with a K. So it's L U K A S R E S H E S K E Lucas Rischeski. That's correct. It right this time. <laughs> yep. Got it. Dot com. Yeah. Um, and you can go there. Um, give people an idea. Is it, uh, you know, a $25,000 program or, you know, what, what would be the starting level for them to have you help them get some copywritten? So it depends on the size and scope of the project. I've done programs where we create the entire webinar funnel. And those end up in the five figures, um, same for video sales letter funnels with email follow-ups and that sort of thing. If it's a one-off type of program, it can be in the four figures. It just depends on what the business needs at the time. More recently, I've been doing the five-figure full funnel range for, for bigger companies, but I'm never going to turn someone away just because they're small as long as their business is, is in the right place to to make use of the copy that I write. Um, a lot of time I find that for people who are just starting out, um, they look at copy as, as the miracle pill that's gonna make everything work for them. But the reality is to work with a copywriter who's, who's been you know, trained and been doing this for a while, the most effective use of that copywriter is when the business is already up and validated and producing profit at a, or producing revenue at the bare minimum. And then I would come in and go, okay, this is what it's, this is the product that's been validated. This is the funnel that seems to be working on your end. Now let's 10 X this, let's ramp this up. Um, that's my best service for clients. And if, if they were, I mean, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but if they're interested in learning copywriting, then, then check out my mentorship program. So see what happens there. Which was exactly the question I was just going to ask you is <laughs> what if they want to learn how to be able to do it themselves? Yeah. The, I, I run mentorship programs about quarterly. So we're about a third of the way through the one that I'm running right now. And, and yeah, those are, those are small groups. They're intimate. They're specific to the needs of each class as they go through. And if you want to learn copywriting, I don't think there's anything better on the planet right now other than just buying a bunch of programs and trying to do it yourself. So that's an option as well. Also on my site, just let me know. So you can also go to lucasrischeski.com and uh, find out about that mentoring program too. That's awesome. Yep. Well, Lucas, I really appreciate you spending the time with us here today. Um, and uh, for, you know, right here on the fly, writing some copy with us and helping people understand not only how important the copywriting it is, but how they can get it done for themselves. Yeah, thanks. That was fun. I appreciate you you bringing that up because that was kind of fun to to play around with um, on on a live call. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of fun with that too. I hope you guys enjoyed seeing the beginnings of how some copy can come together to really powerfully reach out to the people I know you want to help. I know you've got a message to share and deliver into the world, and you just need to be able to craft that in the right way so that the people that you're meant to serve can stand up and say, it's me, it's me, it's me, I'm the one that's looking for that. 
and then know specifically how to be able to engage with you and really take things to the next level. That's so powerful and it's so much fun when I see somebody be able to do that in their messaging. I hope you got a lot out of that. We're going to take one last quick commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed being able to share Lucas with you guys and to let you see the inner workings of copy, what goes on through the minds of people who are really trying to craft something that allows you to take those powerful words and use them to be able to help the people. I mean, I think... All of us can say that really the reason, the thing that gets us up in the morning, you know, I mean, all of us, I don't know about you, I like money, I like getting paid, I'm not in any way diminishing that, but the thing that gets us up in the morning is really the impact. It's what can we do with the money, yes, that's one of the impacts, but it's also the lives that we're changing. You know, Kathy and I have as a goal to help a million people get their book out there in the world. And we have a lot of different things that we both have available as well as that we're rolling out to be able to meet that goal because it's more than just uh, an arbitrary number that we came up with. It's a passion that helps both Kathy and I get through the dark day. It's something that even when Maya was going through the worst of her illness, we had a glimmer of light. There were times when it was a dim light, but we had the glimmer of light that we had something that we could do in the world to help people, to share with them. That we weren't, um, you know, living an unfulfilled life. I, I think of two people, um, you know, standing in the same McDonald's. Um, one of them is a person who obviously is down on their luck, and the only job they could get was working behind the counter at McDonald's. And typically speaking, that person is not fun to be around. You like how political I was with that? Um, and standing right next to them at the next cash register or possibly bagging up things is a person who a lot of times when we look at them, we would immediately judge them as being less than. You know, they have possibly a mental 
defect a little bit or a, or a physical um, issue that they deal with. And yet they're delighted to be where they are because they wake up every morning and they have that thing they can do. They can put smiles on people's faces in something as simple as handing somebody some french fries. Now, which one of those two people are you? Are you the person who looks at your life and sees all that's wrong and feels stuck and uses your words in a way that it's creating negative impact on the people that come in contact with you, that read your stuff, all of that? Or are you that person who is loving what they're doing and that love is shining through in the words they say and the actions that they take? I encourage you, be that person who greets this day with love in their heart and says to everyone they meet, I love you. That's a quote from Ogmandino's Greatest Salesman in the World. A great book I would encourage you to read if you ever get a chance to. That's what you want to do. Use your words powerfully. Write copy that gives people clarity, gives them the ability to have action with you. But I also want you to write a book. I want you to understand, like today's entrepreneur does, that your book is the beginning of the conversation. It's not everything. It's just the beginning of having that conversation with the person that you know you can help. That way, you are living to the fullest of who you are. Because what you have to share with the world is important. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. And the world needs you. We want to see you share your message with the world. At the very least, come join us at Bestsellers Guild, bestsellersguild.com, and let's begin the conversation about how your message can be shared with the world, how you can make the impact that only you can make on your little corner of the world. And then we can go from there and become more powerful together as we all share our words. Because I want you to know that Kathy and I are here for you. And we really, truly do want you to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because 
it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.